All right. Good morning, everybody. Hope we're doing good. Ali, uh, you in here? Are you in here, girl? I think she's come in for God's stories. <laughs> you in here? Come on. Ali hasn't been in a God story in a while. Normally she's normally she's here. But I think she just scratched on the door and came in. Well, she'll show up here in just a minute. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we just got back, uh, Susan and I just got back from uh, being in uh, St. Louis and uh, went to a church there called Gateway uh, Family Church. Um, wonderful people, a great congregation, a great pastor and his wife, Greg and Melissa Morrison. They're awesome people. Uh, but uh, it was really good. The Lord really moved and uh, we were excited to be there because it had been, I think, a year or two, maybe even a year or two since I've uh, been back there. But uh, a lot of things happened there. The Lord showed up, main thing, and uh, gave them some real keys of some things that were coming, things that are happening. But uh, we really enjoyed being with them. Hope to see them again. They've got a really good, they've got a school that they've started, uh, and a lot of kids from even overseas uh, come there. Uh, it's a lot of, it's not just a, not a ministry school, but it's more on the line of education. And man, some of the testimonies they have, it's unreal. But uh, anyway, uh, back to God's stories. We wanted to share something this morning, uh, particularly, oh, well, good morning. How are you doing? You want to come up here? Huh? No? She's, she's trying to figure out if she wants to come up here or not. <laughs> but uh, I, I uh, wanted to uh, share a little bit of explanations of, here, you want to get under that? She's wanting to get under the, the, uh, there you go. She likes burrowing, so she's getting under her little blanket. Actually, it's my sweatshirt. She has to have something that smells like me, and she'll get under it. But I uh, wanted to share something about uh, God's stories. Uh, that's It may be important to even uh, share it. Uh, we were talking the other day um, about God's stories. We were even talking about this to uh, a pastor the other day. Uh, and people have asked me, you know, why do you, why have you had so many experiences with the Lord and uh, strange experiences with heaven? Uh, because, you know, real experiences uh, from the Lord uh, really change you. Uh, they, ch they begin to change your character. Uh, it transforms you. And uh, I needed a lot of changing. It's, uh, sometimes visitations can be great, but uh, sometimes without you knowing, visitations can be a rebuke. <laughs> it not, doesn't necessarily mean that you have the favor of God on your life. Sometimes it's, it's there to actually help you transform and into his image and to deal with certain character flaws 
that you have. And so some of these, uh, uh, these experiences that I had is not because uh, I'm special. It had a lot to do with I needed to be changed. I needed to be transformed. And God somehow knew that he needed to uh, speed it up. And so for, you know, two years I was having experiences, but uh, it was actually a, a speedy recovery of uh, how far I've been from the Lord. And uh, I also, the reason I had so many experiences even back then in the 90s is because I was, I knew I was, gonna, uh, the Lord knew I was going to need them in the future because I was about to go through a lot of uh, trials and a, a, a lot of pressure in my life, not just uh, not just the next few years, but even down the road, years later, much years later, I would be going through many trials that would necess would probably have taken me out if I hadn't have actually um, seen the Lord or had had not had had those experiences. I needed to hold on to something. I needed to hold on to the joy of the Lord that was before me that I got to experience. You know, one of the things that the Lord held on to, he got to see uh, him, himself with his father from the foundations of the earth, the glory that he had with his father. And so when he saw that and he had that experience with his father, it allowed him to hold on to that joy that was set on the other side. And, and so that experience that he had with his father helped him get through his major trial. And uh, that kind of sums up some of those dimensions that you have with the Lord. Um, a lot of times you're going to need it. Yes, is there a message in it at times? Yes, most of the time a real experience is a message, not just for the body of Christ or for other people. It's got to be for you first. And uh, a lot of those experiences I look back and uh, they were wonderful. They were great. And they were they had a lot of uh, uh, revelation in it. I'm still digging from some of them, still getting some revelation from some of them. Uh, and I think I still, I will always be getting the revelations from some of them. But uh, the main thing is that I can look back and upon all of those experiences with God and be able to make it through all the tough trials that I go through. It's kind of like the uh, children of Israel. Uh, they would make staffs and uh, they, would, they would hand staffs down from generation to generation. And in those staffs, they would carve certain symbols and things in the staff that would represent a story of what happened with them in their life. And it would be a, a, a testimony of their life with God. And a lot of people, the, the, when it would be handed down, they would know that that family member needed, would need the, to remember all of the experiences that, the, that their family line has, has had when they're in a lot of trials. That's why Jacob sometimes would lean on his staff. He was leaning on his staff because he was gazing at the testimonies of Christ, the testimonies of God throughout the lineage. And it would stir him up. It would keep him going. And uh, same way with us. You know, a lot of times I'll, 
I will get down. Sometimes I will go through major uh, trials and my mind is not, you know, healthy at the time. And I will sit and, and ponder God's staff that he's put in my hand, all the experiences. And uh, one particular uh, God story that has really rocked me. Uh, I, I was even thinking about it this morning. Uh, a lot of things that have happened in my life, uh, like I said, has been a rebuke, but, uh, but they've also, you know, they've been great. They've, they've changed me. They've also been able to give me messages for the body of Christ. And sometimes it's not very good, but when you share a real message that comes from a real experience, a real experience, there is power on it. And, uh, there's this one particular one that happened to me that uh, truly scared me because uh, I wasn't expecting it. Uh, this, it even, I had the same type of, almost uh, same type of experience uh, last year and I wasn't experiencing, I wasn't uh, waiting to see if I was gonna have an experience. I, I wasn't expecting it as well. But years ago, when I, I lived in the mountains of North Carolina, uh, I had come home from my everyday work at the church and uh, had some dinner and stayed up a little bit and then went to bed. Uh, was sleeping through the night and was feeling pretty good, I guess. And I, I th at this point in my, in the middle of the night, I'd say around 3.30, 4 o'clock, uh, I thought I was having a dream. And uh, in this dream, uh, I was looking <coughs> out my back, uh, the back part of my house, which faced some woods uh, on this mountain. And... Uh, as I was watching this lion, like an African male lion, uh, came out, you know, uh, came out of the woods and started walking around the back of my house and then came around the corner to the front and started walking in the front yard toward uh, my uh, front door. But when I woke up, I thought I was asleep, but actually I was actually sitting up in my bed, literally watching this happen, but it felt like a dream. <clears throat> and it's the weirdest, strangest thing. It's like I could see through my, the walls of my house. It'd be like I could see through this wall, but uh, my eyes were open and now I'm conscious of where I'm, where I am. I'm in my bed and I'm, and I'm watching this lion as though there was not a wall there. I was watch, just watching the lion. I didn't have any uh, reference as though there were a wall there. I was just watching him come around and, and come out, you know, come around the front yard and heading toward the front door. And I'm, I, I realized I'm sitting at my bed and I'm actually awake. And so I get very scared. 
you know, some people say, I, you know, I saw the Lord and, oh, you, you know, if you really see him, I mean, if it, there is a real physical uh, thing that happens to you with the Lord, I mean, if he walks in, it's not as easy as you think. I mean, it scares the daylights out of you because it's the fear of the Lord because you, your brain doesn't compute that God's really alive, that he's physical. And when it shows up, it's a little bit scary. And he began to come to the front door. Well, I jumped out of my bed, believe it or not. And I went down through the, the hallway and the hallway opens up to the den. And then the den is opened up with this little corridor, uh, with the front door there. And I'm peeking around the, the corner to, to see if this is truly real because my mind is saying you're crazy. And as I'm gazing around the corner and looking, I hear these paws of this lion touch the bottom steps of my porch. And I, and then I realized, oh my goodness, this is real. And as, and as he came up, I could see through the glass. It was kind of a, um, a designed glass where you can't see completely clear through it. If someone was standing there, you could just see the image. And as he was coming up, I could see this huge mane that was coming up the front door, uh, the, the front porch. And man, when I saw that, I ran back into, uh, my bed and jumped in and held and pulled the sheets over. And, uh, my wife said, uh, what are you doing? I said, there's a lion at the door. And of course, you know, of course that's crazy. You're living in the mountains and, uh, there's no lying at the lion at the door. And I said, I'm telling you, there is a line at the door. You want under here, girl? There we go. She's sleepy still. I said, I'm telling you, there's a line at the door. And uh, then suddenly he knocks. Except the way he knocks is he beat that door. I thought his paw was going to come through the door. And he banged on that door really hard. And like knock, knock, knock three times. But it was very loud. I'm surprised it didn't wake up the kids. And uh, I mean, I thought I was going to scream. And then she said, oh my God, uh, it, this thing's real. I said, yes, I told you it's real. And and because I didn't go to the door. I'm in the, I'm in the bed scared out of my pants and I hear him come back down off the porch and I, I know that he's coming to my window. Yes, my window. And you gotta understand our house was kinda, it wasn't on a slab, it was kinda elevated. And so my window's kind of high. So he'd have to jump up and put his paws up there. And sure enough, he did. He walked over to the window jumped up and put his two paws on the window and hit the window with his paws. And I thought, I mean, I thought I was going to be screaming like a woman. Not that a woman screams bad. I'm just telling you, a man screaming as low as my voice is. Can you imagine? I mean, it scared the, uh, you know what out of me. And, uh, 
And then he dropped back down, and you could hear his, his weight when he hit the ground. You could hear, feel it. When it hit the ground, he just kind of sat, stood there for a minute, and then he started, to, and he walked back around and went back into the woods. And I am sitting there scared, just, I don't, I'm frozen. Didn't know what to do. I had no clue at this point. I'm not thinking it's God, hallelujah, praise God, let's have a conference around this thing. I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking, I hope this lion doesn't chew me up. <laughs> but after I gathered myself, you know, later on, uh, I started asking the Lord because I, I realized there's, and there's no lions, African lions that live in the mountains of North Carolina. We're, we're all freaking out, wondering what in the world's going on. But it was a real message, uh, even for me first. You know, that message has to work through you, you know. And I'm a pastor at the time of a, of a church up there. And I, sometimes you go dumb when you're trying to figure something out simple, but the reason you go dumb is because the experience is so heavy and the fear of the Lord was so great, I can't even tell you. There was an honor for this lion. There was an honor for this, this experience that I had. And uh, there's a couple of scriptures that the Lord gave me that really solidified what he was trying to do and what he wanted to do. Because you got, at this time, I'm just telling you personally, at this time I'm a pastor, but I've gotten into ministry instead of him. And uh, I've gotten into going through the motions of Christianity and I'm fading out of having a relationship with the lion. It's religion is choking out the relationship of having a, a relationship with, with a living God. That's what was happening to my life. I'm not talking about any of you guys, but that's what was happening to me. Uh, and I'm not talking, ministry is just a, a spirit of the world. It's not any different than something else choking out your life. You can get into work so much that work becomes your God. Uh, you can get into where your children is so your God, you're, you, to where you don't spend much time with the Lord. You can get into all kinds of things that can start choking out your time and your real, real true relationship with the Lord. And with me, it, it had to do with church life. It had to do with ministry. And I was losing the edge, as you could say. And uh, and he gave me Revelations 3, verse 19. Starting in verse 19, he says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. <laughs> He was really, I mean, for him to come, God to come as a lion, he was really having to get my attention. 
Now this whole time while I'm really busy and doing all of God's good works, he was coming at different times, but my heart was getting hard and I didn't have time to, you know, to, to spend time with the Lord. And so he comes in such a way that it really gets my attention because I'm about to, you know, go off on the wrong path. And, uh, so he's telling me, you need to be zealous. In other words, you really need to go after this and you need to repent. You need to turn and start walking toward me again, instead of allowing this stuff to choke out your life. And it says, be, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now I didn't, that didn't even come to me at that point. I mean, I'm just freaking out, you know, isn't that sad that, that I was so hard that I couldn't even recognize that was God coming to my door. That, that just, I'm look, I look back and I just think, man, my head was so hard. Uh, at this time, I was, my heart was hardening that I couldn't even recognize that was the Lord. I ran from him instead of running to him, which is what Adam did. I was eating from the wrong tree at that time, which was creating my heart to be hard. And when he came to me, as he did with Adam, I ran just as Adam did. Isn't that scary? And here I was in ministry. And, uh, and it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, see, that's the key. I didn't open the door. He'd been knocking for a while. This time he's just trying to get my attention so I can get out of this thing. And that was his message. That whole experience was his voice saying, I am knocking at your, your door daily. I have been coming to you. Now I'm having to come to you in, in uh, the fear of the Lord as a lion just to get your attention. And I have to literally knock on your door to get you out of your bed. In other words, out of your stupor to fear me again, to get back into that relationship. Isn't that crazy? Because <clears throat> we got to understand, the Lord is actually real, guys. I mean, he's literally real. He's not a religion. If you, if you consider him to be a religion and you're following, you're following this thing so that you can walk right, you're going to fall, fall into this thing as I did. You're going to fall into religion and your heart's going to get hard. We've got to follow him because we know he's real. We want to see him. We want to walk with him. We want to, we want to feel him. We want to introduce him to people in a real fashion. And it says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And then it says, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with my, me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. The main thing he was speaking with me, to me on, on this thing is that I had to overcome this spirit of the world in my life that was tempting me not to sit with him. 
not to be with him because sitting with him at the throne is actually having a close relationship with him. If you want true authority in your life, you've got to be able to be so close to him that you're sitting with him. And then there's an enthronement. There's, a, there's, a, there's this authority that comes on your life. And then there's this intimacy that you can impart to people. And the authority of God that's on you is able to cast out demons and set people free. And uh, when he started speaking this stuff to me, I just started weeping. Because I realized I was one of these. Did I know God? And I even had experience with him, uh, even in the past. By now, I'd, I've had experiences with him. But even those that have had experiences can still find themselves being led away and led astray from the Lord's relationship. And you end up losing it. That's why David said, please do not take your Holy Spirit from me. He was begging him, please, I don't, I don't want to lose the relationship that I have with you. The manifest presence, please. Because he was, he was doing things in his life that was causing him to, to walk away from that intimate relationship. Then, of course, you know, he comes to the window. And uh, here's the scripture for it. Because he's, it's still another invitation. Because it's Jesus wanting to be with us. It's in Song of Solomon, starting in verse 9. It says, My beloved is like a gazelle, young stag. Behold, he stands behind my, our wall. Stands behind our wall. And he is looking through the windows these are your windows. He's looking in, into our eyes, gazing to see who wants to be with him in their own heart. He's searching our hearts. He's looking in the ends, inward parts of our, our, our hearts, seeing who wants to be with him. He's looking through the windows and he's gazing through the lattice. And it says, my beloved spoke and said to me, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Then it says, for lo, the winter is past. See, I was in a winter. I was in a place to where everything had grown cold. Because I'd allow myself to just lay there in, in, in a stupor, just walking like a zombie in, in life and doing ministry instead of doing a relationship. And so that's why he came to the window. He was trying to get me to rise up and come away with him again. Walk with him up on the mountains. <laughs> He's gazing into my windows, trying to wake me up, telling me arise, my fair one. In other words, I still love you so much. Please get up. I mean, he was so desperate to bang on my window. If I didn't answer the door, he'd bang on my window to get my attention, to, to get me up so that I can walk with him. We don't want to lose 
You do not want to lose your relationship with Jesus. You don't want to ever lose it. If you have to give it, you have to, if you have to give up your precious thing that is making you popular, well, that precious thing that is running you ragged, but yet you do, it makes you feel uh, like you've got an identity. Or if you think that your work or you think that your ministry or your talent is your identity and that's you've gotten so engrossed in it that you've lost your relationship with the Lord, you better drop it. You better get back with God and walk with him. It's like we said this this uh, this weekend, Susan and I. You know, those are all nets that get us entangled. They're, they're like nets. We get so involved in trying to do it right, and involved in trying to make ourselves popular, or involved in trying to please man. Or uh, we there's so many nets out there that we get entangled with and it's the world it's the mindset of the world and it's when our identity gets into that and our mind is consumed by all of that it causes our heart to get hard and we walk away from the very thing that caused us to even do good works but then the good works becomes God and God is put on the the back burner man if somebody said balance, <laughs> the only balance we have is having an intimate relationship with God. That's the only balance. He doesn't want us hot or cold. Well, I can do this. I can be over here and have the relationship. Man, you, I have, I've tried all that. The balance, I'm, man, that's a, that's a good statement. The balance is hanging out with him, giving him time, giving him time to love on you, giving him time to talk to you, be with you. And of course, the lion to me at that time was, you know, the lion of Judah. Everybody knows that, but it was the true lion of Judah. He's want me to get back to worshiping him, him being in the forefront of my life. Allowing the King of Glory to come in, and that's uh, that was this other scripture, which was Psalms twenty-four, verse seven: "Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of Glory shall come in." Man, I had to get my head up because I had it in another place, and it wasn't with God. It was in all those works. I had to be extreme. Most people, most you know, in this westernized world, we we don't want to be extreme. Extreme with God is kind of crazy. You can have both, you know. He loves us when we're you know doing our own thing, and and yeah, he does. He does love us, but that doesn't mean you're not walking away from him. He's still going to love you, but he still wants people to have want to have a relationship. It's kind of like the ten lepers, you know. They come to him, then he says, go show yourself to the priest. One is, they're all transformed as they're going, but one recognizes it. And instead of going back to, going to the system and walking out toward that, 
he turns around and walks toward the foundation of where all that came from. He didn't lose it. He didn't lose the edge. He, he recognized I've got to be with the king instead of be with all this that's going on in my life. This works, this supernatural. I mean, that, that man, that leper could have started a huge ministry just on that one manifestation that happened in his life. And then, and it surrounded him get all of an outpouring going around his whole ministry and whole, his whole life and his testimony. But it would have taken him completely away from the intimacy with the Lord. And he runs back to the king. He runs back to Jesus. Oh, man. We got to run back. We've got to have the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and understanding. You want to have that understanding about your life. You got to run back to him. But, uh, and I needed it. And I let that thing work in me before I uh, spoke it. And then it was a real message for the body of Christ. And it's funny, we've, we've even taught, we're taught, the one of the messages that came out this year was that he's knocking on our door. And man, we've had more people have heard that message. They've had the Lord literally knocking on their door. And uh, is he knocking on your door? Not, not maybe a literal knock, but is there something going on in your life that's disturbing you? That's irritating you? Could be God knocking to get your attention so that you could turn back to him. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. See there, it was a great, great God story, great thing to talk about, but we don't see the backside of that thing. It was more of a rebuke than it was, you know, making a ministry out of it and glorifying it. It was a rebuke for me. He shouldn't have had to come like that. He had been coming trying to get my attention. Man, I don't want to have to make him have to come like that to get my attention. I want to already be with him. You know what I'm saying? I love the experiences, but man, uh, I don't want to have that again because that was more of a rebuke than, you know, some great glorious experience. So, uh, that was a good one. He's even in this room right now this morning. I can feel him. He loves us and he'll do extreme things to get our attention. He's a jealous God. He's like a lion. He's jealous for our life. And uh, I just implore you, go after, uh, go after God. You know, it's very popular to be trying to find your destiny and trying to find your identity, this whole thing about identity. We're never going to find our identity in what we do. You know, the first formula is you know, put in, write down all the things you love and you'll find your identity. 
you'll never find him. If you don't, if you find, write down all the things you love, write down the very thing you need is Jesus. Then he will write down in your heart. He will write in your hearts, your identity. Because in him is your identity. Because your life is hidden in him. And he's made it in such a way that you have to go to the real door and enter in to find that identity, to find that life. So he loves us. He loves us enough to give us an extreme God store and extreme visitation. But just remember, if you do have it. Remember, it could be for you. It could be a real sign that he's trying to get you turned because most experiences are getting us turned not to get us glory in the experience. So love you guys. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Thank you for being with us and, you know, and praying for us and supporting us. Some of you guys that are typing in, uh, I know for sure that you guys support our ministry and we appreciate it. Keep following us and praying for us. We pray for you guys, all those that we're connected to, and especially those that support us and support our ministry. We uh, we pray for you because you've been so faithful. You've been so faithful for uh, to us in this ministry, and we appreciate it. It's it's I can't tell you how grateful we are. Uh, we're, we've been I've been sending out letters, you know, and receipts of people who've given and. There's been times I've weeped just over the the love of God through people that support us. It's it's amazing. It's overwhelming. Some of the love that you guys have for us. And we really appreciate it. I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. But uh keep going after Jesus. Keep praying that we keep pushing through too. Because we're all in this together. All right. Have a great day. Talk to you later.